Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. This is what it's going to get you. You're a disgrace to this uniform, and you need to go to jail for good. Anybody else, this is a warning. Come to our jail and bring this with you, and you will go to jail. We will prosecute you. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to talk about Texas constitutional carry versus license carry. Going to have an attorney from Texas U.S. Law Shield on Skype to talk to us about that and break that down for us. The video that you were taking a look at right now, that or listening to if you're on the radio, that video was a, it's a video out of Wayne County Detention, uh, well, Wayne County Sheriff's Department uh, out of Georgia, is a Wayne County detention officer who was fired and charged after undercover operation into a jail contraband. So basically, this deputy was actually actually uh sending information or transporting goods you know through inmates and you know contraband and all that good kind of stuff so we're going to talk about a little bit of that today because you know what when it comes to jails and prisons you know there's a you know there's only one way they can get this stuff in the jail and the prison and that's going to be they have to get some assistance from me you know one of the jailers uh, right <laughs> right zach got to get some help there yep 
All right, so we're going to talk about that. Also, we're going to talk about Texas constitutional carry. That's right, constitutional carry. It goes into effect on September the 1st in Texas. This is the first time we've actually experienced something like this, a big change with Texas gun laws. Um, Zach, you know what? Are you excited? Well, I already have my license, so personally, I'm just going to keep carrying like I have been. Going to keep carrying? Why? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I am sure a lot of other people are going to be excited, and come September 1st, I'm sure they're going to be rolling up to your gun shop to go get themselves a pistol. Yeah, we'll we'll see, you know, because a lot of people excited about this are saying, hey, you know what, you know, it's... September the 1st, they can't wait. They don't need to take a class. They don't need a license. You know, they're excited about this happening in Texas. A lot of people excited. Uh, So we haven't seen changes like this since 1896 was the very first change that we saw in Texas. 1896, that's when Texas went to, um, they actually started regulating just handguns. All right, so then... You know, 1896, that happened. And then let's speed forward a little bit and let's go to, man, it was 1995 when we first got our handgun license program. All right, so. And that was courtesy of uh, Jerry Patterson. Yeah, that was. You know, thanks to Jerry Patterson. uh, Thanks to Jerry Patterson, we actually got our, our concealed handgun license program. All right, so man, it was it's just it was crazy, you know, just crazy. And that actually came from when um what was the woman's name at the Lubies, right? There was a shooting at a Lubies and uh one of the victims basically testified that she had her gun, but she had to leave it in her car because she was not allowed to carry it. And then the shooter came into the Lubies and killed 23 people and wounded 27 others. That's right. That's and then Sus- shot himself. Susanna Hupp. Susanna That's right. Hupp. Susanna That's Hupp. Right. She became a, a, a state representative because, you know, she, man, she lost her mother and her father in that incident in, in Colleen, Texas, in the Luby incident. So, yeah, if Jerry Patterson is the father of uh, the LTC program in Texas, then Susanna Hupp is basically the mother of it, right? That's right. Susanna Hupp is the mother of the Texas Concealed Hanging License Program. And then Jerry Patterson, you are correct, is the father of the Concealed Hanging License Program. Man, I tell you, if you, you put the father and the mother together, you know what we come up with? <laughs> Texas constitutional carry. That's, that's what we come Finally, up with. Finally, uh, 26 years later. That's right? right. I don't know who the baby is. I don't know who's, you know, who we can say is the, the little kid that came out of, you know, Jerry Patterson and Susanna Hupp. They're probably going to get me for this one. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble for this later on down the road. But, um, yeah, so now we have Texas constitutional carry, you know, that goes into effect on September the 1st. And unlike unlike other states, there are quite a few states that have some form of constitutional carry. Uh, For example, um, you have quite a few states that have a version of this, but you have to be a resident of that state in order to carry without a license uh, for most of those states. And there are some states, very few, that you don't have, a be, have to be a resident. So like Vermont, 
We call this Vermont carry. When it comes to Vermont, you can be a resident of Vermont, resident of another state. You step foot in the state of Vermont, you'll be able to carry your handgun or long gun without a license. And Vermont is the only state that did this from day one. Vermont said, we don't, we're not going to have a license program at all. Vermont said, you know what? You step foot in the state of Vermont, you will be able to carry a handgun or long gun without a license. But you know what? That license to carry handgun is not going away in Texas. It's not going anywhere. We're still going to have it. You know, so it's here to stay. And it comes with some, you know, that Texas constitutional carry comes with some type of caveats. You know, so, yeah, you can carry your handgun starting September the 1st without a license, but it comes with a lot of little extra stuff. For example, you can't be a convicted felon. You can't be convicted of disorderly conduct discharging a firearm. Can't be convicted of disorderly conduct displaying a firearm. Can't be convicted of a lot of different things in order to carry on the Texas constitutional carry law. And if you are a prohibited person and you carry when you're not supposed to, they're going to hit you really hard and heavy. They're going to add some caveats to that. They're going to say, hey, we're going to have constitutional carry in Texas. But if you make that mistake and you carry because we're going to add these restrictions, you have to be at least 21 years of age and up. So if you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you think you can carry in Texas constitutional carry law, you cannot. You know, even if you're in the military, you cannot. You know, so military, you have to get your license to carry handgun. But who are 18, 19 or 20? And so we're going to talk about that. We come back from the break. We're talking about the Texas constitutional carry versus license carry. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Wolfer, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend? 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about Texas constitutional carry versus license carry. Which one is better? Which one is worse? We're going to compare the two together. Uh, We're going to break this down for you. We have an attorney from Texas U.S. Law Shield on Skype that's going to talk to us about this. Uh, When it comes to Texas constitutional carry, you have to be at least 21 years of age and up. You can't be convicted of assault caused bodily injury. You cannot be convicted of deadly conduct. cannot be convicted of terroristic threats. Cannot be convicted of disorderly conduct discharging a firearm. You cannot be convicted of dis, uh, distor- disorderly conduct displaying a firearm. You cannot be convicted of a felony. You can't be a fugitive from justice. Cannot be an addict. You cannot be a mental defective. You cannot be an illegal alien. You cannot be dishonorably discharged from the military. Uh, you cannot be uh, convicted of assault, uh, family violence, or you cannot have any protective orders against you. You have to be able to legally purchase a firearm in a gun store. Uh, So it comes with some type of caveats to that when it comes to the Texas constitutional carry, unlike any other state. So that means that when you come in contact with law enforcement, guess what? It's better if you have a license to carry handgun because your background check's already been done when you have your license. So when I get stopped by police, I put my hands 10 and 2. I rolled that window down, opened up my, uh, turned on the inside light. Officer walks up to my vehicle. They asked me for my identification. I handed officer my driver's license and my handgun license on top. I put my hands back on the steering wheel. I don't talk and move at the same time. Officer may ask me, any guns inside the vehicle? You know what? I tell him, absolutely. I have two on my left. I'm sitting on top of three. I got four on my right. I got five in the back seat. I got 12 in the trunk. You need to borrow one? You coming up short? This is Texas. Everyone's got guns. What's wrong with you? (laughs) That's right. So it's better when you come in contact with law enforcement to have your license to carry handgun. Also, when you're traveling other states, when it comes to reciprocity, it's good to have your license to carry handgun. So if I want to travel, you know, I want to go to Colorado. I want to travel over to Georgia. I want to go down to Florida. You know what? It's good to have a license to carry handgun because guess what? Uh, Your background check's been done and you need that license to carry in those states concealed. And also, if you win, if you're in a school zone, it's good to have your license carry handgun. There's a federal law that's out there that says you're not supposed to be within a thousand feet of a school with any firearms at all. But if you have your license to carry handgun, you're exempt from the federal law. Also, when it comes to buying a firearm, that's right. You want to purchase last year, March, April, May, June, July. A lot of people found out that when they walked into the gun store, they were delayed for 30 days last year, 2020, because of COVID. The background six. Background check system was backed up. This was unlawful, but the the Knicks did it anyway. They 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 actually delayed you 30 days. So if you had your license carry handgun, you were able to walk out of the gun store with your firearm. So when it comes to buying a gun, it's good to have your license. If you're 18, 19, 20 years old, and you're in the military, it's good to have a license carry handgun because guess what? You can get a license at 18, 19, or 20 and be in the military. That's right. If you're not in the military, 18, 19, 20, you cannot get a license. But if you are, you can. Um, also, and I'm going to ask uh, 
my attorney about this, Richard, Richard Hayes, uh, the second, we're going to ask him, you know, what about 18, 19, 20 years old that are protected under a protective order because something happened with them and they're being guarded and protected? Guess what? They can get a life carry handgun, I believe, come September the 1st, and they will be able to, guess what? Get that license and carry handgun, but it expires when they turn 21 or when that protective order expires. Also, it's good to have a lice carry handgun if you are a school district employee. Got to have your lice carry handgun if you want to have it in your vehicle in the parking lot of a school. Also, when it comes to private property, you want to go to a business, you want to go to, you know, you want to go to the store, go somewhere. They have a sign posted, 30.06, 30.07 sign. Let's say I didn't see the sign. I didn't notice it. Uh, it was too small. Uh, the letters were faded. It was on the back window there. I didn't see it when I walked in the door. I didn't see it. Guess what? If I have a lice carry handgun, they have to give me verbal notice. So it's good to have a license. You know why? Because more notice is required if you have a lice to carry handgun. It's also good to have a lice carry handgun if you are going to a hospital, nursing home, amusement park. You know why? Because more notice is required when you go to a hospital, nursing home, amusement park. And by the way, just keeping a buck here. All hospitals post signs. So unfortunately, you cannot carry in the hospital. They all post signs. But as a license holder, more notice is required. So it's good to have your license to carry handgun. If you're carrying a Texas constitutional carry law, you will never at this moment in time carry, be able to carry in a hospital, nursing home, or amusement park. Also, airports. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, when it comes to the airport, Austin Burstam Airport is the worst airport in the entire country where people forget and they take their guns through security. The worst in the entire country. So there was an elected official, a state rep. You know what? He said, hey, um, you know, he walked to the airport and he had his license and he went to that checkpoint. Ding, 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 ding. Ooh, you have a gun in your bag. He said, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm an elected official. Um, I, I, I have a license carry handgun. I didn't mean to do this. You know, this is not right. We need to change the law. So you know what they did? What did they do, Zach? Oh, I'm sure they changed the law. They changed the law. That's right. If you if you're a license carry handgun holder and you are in Texas, only in Texas, and you forget and you walk through that checkpoint, you can say, hey, whoops, my bad. They will allow you to go lock it up and put in your vehicle. But if you if you're carrying on the Texas constitutional carry law, then that is a felony two to 10 years in jail. But guess what? Even though the state of Texas says it's okay, you know, my bad, you can go lock it up. You might want to expect that fine from TSA, the federal government, because it could be up to $13,000, I believe. So watch out for that letter in the mail, up to $13,000. Also, the best one that I like, ooh, I can't wait for this one. I'm looking forward to it. Let me guess, does it involve uh, a drink? Is it liquor? Oh, my goodness. That's right. Alcohol. That's right. Anyone. I knew it. Come Wednesday. If you walk into Central Texas Gunworks, you're going to pick up a gun. You know what? We're going to give you a beer. If you're a license holder, only if you're a license holder. Here's why. Because starting September the 1st, you're a license holder. You have your handgun and a license. It goes to point zero eight. If you're carrying a Texas constitutional carry law, zero is the limit. You cannot be intoxicated. And that is my favorite one. I'm looking forward to September the 1st. I bet you are. That's right. So, you know, we're going to talk about the good, the bad. Going to break this down with Richard Hayes. And you know what? I love Richard because Richard is the man. He's like the, a genius. He is the youngest attorney. At least he started out as being the youngest attorney with uh, Texas U.S. Law School. I think he went 
Richard's going to tell – he doesn't like talking about this because Richard went to school uh, when he was a teenager. I want to say, like, what is it, 15 years old, Richard? To college? To college. Me with Gordon Cooper, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confusing you, Richard. Oh no. Okay, but Richard. I had a, had a very traditional path. All right, Richard is an awesome attorney. <laughs> Say it again. I said I'll keep the genius title though. Oh, you are. You you are a super attorney because I checked out the website. He's a super attorney. This guy's a genius when it comes to the gun laws. And so we're going to talk to him about all this stuff right now. So, Richard Hayes, man, what do you think? Texas constitutional carry, are looking forward to this come September the 1st? It is such a sea change in Texas gun law. I can't, over, I can't emphasize enough how big of a departure this is and how big of a change it is to Texas gun law. And I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to it as a practitioner um, you know, you see people's rights expanded. I love that. Uh, but probably kind of a hidden feature that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is there is a huge simplification of weapons law, uh, firearms law, that is kind of getting overlooked right now because before this law goes into effect, we have laws scattered all over the place relating to firearms, what you can and cannot carry, who can and cannot carry. And it's kind of a, a maze to navigate through. But come September 1st, all of our prohibited acts, when it relates to handguns in Texas Penal Code 4602, all of our prohibited places and our constitutional carriers, you have to learn these places. You know, that's that's where you, when you take your license to carry class, you sign off saying, I learned all the places I know I'm not allowed to carry. Uh, constitutional carriers, y'all don't have that same benefit. You've got to go look at Texas Penal Code 4603. And then our prohibited people, they consolidated them all into Texas Penal Code uh, 4604. So... From my perspective as a practitioner, the simplification of the law, um, you know, if you can't memorize it all off the top of your head, you know where to go find the answers. And constitutional carriers, ignorance of the law is not an excuse. You've got to go read the law. You've got to go understand the law, where you cannot, cannot carry. I mean, it's going to be, we're going to see some people get popped and uh, when they figure out that it's not common sense carry. All right. We come back from the break. Uh, Richard's going to break this down. We're going to talk about we're going to start off from the vehicle. I want to talk about, you know, how, you know, we we need to look at the text constitutional carry inside of a vehicle versus license carry inside of a vehicle. Um, and then we'll go to like the home. We'll talk about walking outside the home, walking our dog. We're going to break all this stuff down. I'm going to go one step at a time because I want to make sure that you fully understand this because, you know, Come September 1st, a lot of people are thinking, man, I don't need to take a class. I don't need to learn anything. I don't need to, you know, worry about, you know, what, you know, where I can, where I cannot carry. I don't need to worry about use force and daily force. And that's not true. You don't even know come September 1st. You don't take a class. You don't know when you can use a gun. Do you know this week I had people, you know, come take a class with me that I had, I had a young lady load the, try to load the, the gun from the barrel, the magazine to the barrel. I had someone load the I, – every. I swear, at least once a week, I have someone try to load the magazine backwards, the ammunition backwards. So when you tell me that a license carry handgun program in Texas does not teach you how to shoot, unfortunately, I'm going to have to disagree with you because we help a lot of people out, even though it's not designed to teach you how to shoot, but it does. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Peace, this is Maj Touré. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. We're talking with uh, one of the attorneys for Texas U.S. Law Show, Richard Hayes, about Texas constitutional carry versus license carry. Because come September the 1st, Texas constitutional carry goes into effect. You don't need a class. You, you don't need to know anything. You can just carry your handgun in the open or concealed. That's what that means. Anyone that steps foot in Texas, as long as you're 21 years of age and up, as long as you meet a certain criteria, you'll be able to carry your handgun in Texas in the open or concealed. In a restaurant, go to the gas station, uh, grocery stores, you better carry your handgun come Wednesday, September the 1st. You know, but like I said, it comes with some type of caveats. And do you know what that is? Do you, are you a prohibited person? Do you know what happens if you carry and you are a prohibited person? We're talking with Richard Hayes. He's a, one of the attorneys from Texas U.S. Law Show. Richard, so let's talk about the vehicle. All right, so Richard, I'm inside my vehicle. I'm 18 years old. You know, what can I do in a vehicle at 18 come September the 1st? Well, I mean, and under current law, this is really the, the major change comes with whether you can carry open or not in your vehicle without a license to carry a handgun. That's, that's at the end of the day, that's what the change is that we're talking about. And so uh, when it comes to vehicles, come September 1st, um, People who meet the qualifications of Texas license or Texas constitutional carry will be able to openly carry in vehicles uh, so long as the handgun, you know, that means that any part of the handgun is, uh, is you can see it based on ordinary observation, it needs to be carried inside of a holster. Uh, it needs to be carried inside of a holster. And we've removed part of, part of the change of HB 1927, Texas constitutional carry, is the removal of the necessity of a belt or shoulder holster. It's been simplified to just holster now. Now going to your original question, 18-year-olds. 18-year-olds can carry handguns in their vehicle, but they only have the option without a Texas license to carry. They only have the option to carry it concealed. So glove box, center console, that's the way that an 18 to 20-year-old, you know, who's not prohibited, let's, you know, nothing else crazy going on, could carry inside of their vehicle. Now, a question that I get all the time is, hey, if I put it on my front seat and put a towel over it, is that legal? And the, 
the the technical answer is yes. You know, if the handgun is concealed, then it's concealed. But you know, I would use common sense. I've had clients who've gotten into car accidents. I've had clients who the police has asked them to step out of the vehicle, and let's say the handgun was underneath their seat. You know, just think of those common scenarios or situations that may come up when you're in your vehicle. If your handgun is going to become exposed, you need to guard against those those situations. My client who was in a car wreck, no fault of his own. Um, he ended up getting charged with unlawfully carrying of a weapon because his handgun wasn't wasn't in a holster. So, um, 18 to 20, keep it concealed. Our constitutional carriers, our licensed carry holders, concealed or openly in a holster. Okay, what about certain convictions? So I'm 18, 19, 20 years old, and let's say I've been convicted of disorderly conduct displaying a firearm. Can I have it in my mm-hmm. vehicle? Yes. So. Under because and it's in you know it's not really the the castle doctrine but that's the way that I like to think about it. You're not carrying under the authority of Texas constitutional carry at that point when you're inside of your vehicle. Um, so when you're inside your vehicle, those that carve out that we discussed, um, those, those that list that five list of crimes that you talked about that people need to know, um, those folks would be able to carry in their vehicle. However, um, they would not be allowed to open carry, which is kind of an interesting tidbit uh, because. In order to open carry in a vehicle, you'd have to be carrying under the authority of a license to carry or Texas constitutional carry. And if they fit into that carve out, then they couldn't carry under either of those. So um, it's just, I mean, a quirk of Texas gun law, but they could keep it concealed in their vehicle. They could carry it like an 18-year-old. Okay. So what you're saying, Richard, there is uh, if you're 18, 19, and 20 years old, you can have a handgun in Texas at home to and from your home, your vehicle, inside your vehicle. If it's a premises under control, your place of business, like a watercraft, mm-hmm. which is a boat, a travel trailer, camper trailer, truck camper, motorhome, and a horse trailer living quarters, or if it's using activity. That's exactly right. So think about those places that are under your control. So your house, your vehicle, directly in route between those two locations. Let's say you own your own business and uh, you could you could transport it from your vehicle to your business. Uh, that would be just fine. But once you step out of the vehicle, once you start walking around generally in public and you're not traveling directly between those locations, now we have to be carrying under the authority of either a Texas license to carry a handgun or Texas constitutional carry. All right. So if I'm 21 years of age, I'm 21 and up, then I can open carry inside my vehicle as long as it's in the holster. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. And and like what I just asked, and, th- and this this provision of the law was actually authored by my law firm uh, because we had a, a Texas and U.S. Law Shield member who was confined to a wheelchair, um, you know, carrying openly. He, he couldn't access a concealed handgun easily. And so we started brainstorming solutions for him and open carry was not practical for him uh, with, you know, a wheelchair, you know, a handgun jabbing you in the armpits, not ideal. A uh, handgun crushing your hips if you're confined in a chair, not ideal. Um, And then once we went through and started looking at the history of why we have this belt or shoulder holster requirement, uh, we pretty much figured out it doesn't make any sense. Uh, There's no difference between a belt and shoulder holster and just a holster. Um, And so we're really excited about this change. You know, when I think holster, though, this is, you know, probably a step that needs to go a little bit further. Holster is undefined. Um, And I don't know that it's going to cause as many problems as the belt or shoulder holster requirement did because it caused a ton of problems. Um, because we'd have police say, oh, you know, there's a belt holster, but it's not on your person. Well, that's not necessarily a requirement. But with the, it kind of had that implication of shoulder or belt needs to be at your shoulder or belt. So uh, I don't think we're going to have that same problem. But when you're selecting a holster, things I want people to look for, 
um, something that encloses the trigger, something that encloses the action where the wearer, or, or you know, if it's on or about you, that you'd have to perform some action. You'd have to draw your firearm before it could be readily dischargeable. So, you know, when you see those Facebook ads for the big magnet on the dashboard and the person just racks it and then starts engaging in road rage, uh, I don't necessarily know that that's a holster because it doesn't enclose the trigger. So be careful, uh, but think sword to sheath, holster to handgun, something that would keep it enclosed. All right. So what? So you're talking about those little magnets, you know, because they're selling those little magnets that you can you can install this underneath your steering column, and where you can attach your gun, you know, with a little magnet. And so you're saying that if I use that magnet and just my handgun and the magnet. What if I install a clip-it holster on the side of that magnet, where, on the side of that handgun? You know, a little clip-it where you screw that yeah. little clip-it in, and then I use the magnet and the handgun attached to that. You're saying what? That would probably qualify as a holster now. Uh, the magnet by itself, probably not. And we're going to see this. This is going to get litigated, I'm certain, at some point. But the magnet by itself, if I had to make a reasonable guess about what a jury would do, they would say, that's not a holster, that's just a magnet, but... Um, what your configuration, which you described, I mean, that sounds, that sounds great to me. It encloses the firearm. Okay. And then, all right, so that's the vehicle. Now, what about, you know, so what about if I'm a gang member? I, I, I have some, I have colors, you know, I, I'm with the banditos, you know, um, I'm considered by the Texas, uh, Texas Department of Public Safety to be in a street gang. Can I have a handgun in my vehicle, uh, and carry on the... Not on the Texas Constitutional Carry Law, but on the Castle Doctrine. Yeah, that's such a – it's a bizarre quirk of Texas gun law. And so to give, give the audience some perspective about what the law is and what it, the law is becoming, um, current law is a member of an organized criminal street gang cannot carry a handgun on or about their person in or on a motor vehicle. And where we see this used 99% of the time, when the law was originally written, this was for – you know, gang members driving around doing drive-bys. You know, that's that was part of the idea. Uh, but how we see the law used is for motorcycle clubs, essentially. Um, so if you have these people on motorcycle clubs, and God only knows what, what that even means, um, they have a definition under Chapter 71 of the Penal Code. But I'll tell you, I, I've seen motorcycle club members who are part of church groups or veteran groups, people who have never been arrested or in trouble their entire life, um, get sweeped up into this organized criminal street gang provision. So currently those people cannot carry in a vehicle. If you're part of an organized criminal street gang, you cannot carry a handgun in a vehicle. So it's very, um, it's kind of bizarre and nebulous. Now, current law, current law, a good exception to that is someone hold, who holds a Texas license to carry a handgun. So uh, come September 1st, they have moved this provision of the law. Currently it's under Texas Penal Code 4602. Come September 1st, it now lives with all the other prohibited people in 4604. But good news, they carry over that same exception, that carve out. If you hold a Texas license to carry a handgun, that law does not apply to you. And so if you're in one of these motorcycle clubs, if you carry, you know, want to carry a handgun for personal protection, um, you should get your Texas license to carry. I don't want the police to play games and say, Oh, look, y'all are all wearing the same, you know, cut and y'all are all riding together and um, therefore you're a criminal street gang. So if you're in a motorcycle club, that's something I would encourage you to do. Go get your license to carry. Now, I can't talk about this without giving a kind of crazy uh, caveat or another quirk of Texas <laughs> gun law, which is 
if these people, the moment they step off their motorcycle, let's say, but assuming they meet all other qualifications under Texas constitutional carry, they would no longer be breaking the law, which is, you know, I mean, it's kind of crazy. So at one moment they're on their motorcycle, handgun in a saddlebag, breaking the law. But the second they step off, put it in their pocket or put it in a holster, completely legal come September 1st. All right. So what you're saying, uh, Richard, there is uh, if I'm in my vehicle and I I don't have a license and I'm a member of a street gang, I cannot have a handgun in the vehicle and I cannot have it on a motorcycle because that's considered a vehicle. But you're saying that if I get my license to carry handgun, there's nothing in the license to carry handgun law that says I can't be a member of a street gang. So that means that I can, as a license holder, as long as I can qualify to get my license, then I can carry that handgun um, in that vehicle. So what you're saying is we should get, you know, if I'm traveling with, <laughs> not telling people how to skirt the law here, you know, never try, and I'm not giving you legal advice because I'm not an attorney. But what I think I'm hearing you say is that I could appoint Zach here. You know, let's say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a gang member and I'm going to get Zach to get his license and I'm going to get my gun to Zach and let Zach travel with his, with my gun on his motorcycle, and then we're going to travel to our destination. Once we get to our destination, we get off the motorcycle as the Texas constitutional carry law. As part of that, I can be a member. I can be a street gang member and carrying the Texas constitutional carry law. Yeah, I think you. I think you have spotted the uh, maybe the hole in the law here. Um, and we, you know, I've spoken with my law partner Edwin. We call that position the quartermaster. <laughs> um, which is the guy who uh, carries around a little travel trailer with everybody's handguns in it. Now, I'll say that is probably a bad idea because the moment someone commits a crime, uh, the quartermaster is getting hit with every crime that everybody else hits. So the quartermaster is a perilous position. Be very careful. Well, I tell you, you're going to learn today. We're breaking this down for you. We're telling all the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're getting all into the weeds with this one. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cardell. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're talking about Texas constitutional carry versus license carry. We're talking with Richard Hayes, attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. We're breaking this down for you, talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're telling you all the you know, we're getting into the weeds with this. I want to make sure you fully understand what you're looking at come September the 1st. You know, but a lot of people say, you know what, you don't need a license, you don't need a license, you don't need to take a class, you know what, you just just grab a gun and go. You know, but here's, let me tell you what I see at the gun range. When we take people to the gun range, 
you know, and usually people are nervous when it's time to shoot, you know, and that's what it's going to be like when you have to defend yourself. You're going to be nervous. I've seen people load the magazine backwards. I've seen people try to load the magazine by putting the magazine in the barrel. I've seen people uh, not hold the gun properly, you know, and you know, I, I don't care how many times I tell people, put your thumbs on the same side of the gun. Thumbs on the same side of the gun. And I make a little joke about it to make people kind of remember this. I said, okay, if you're right-handed, put your right thumb on top, left thumb on the bottom. Remember, right thumb, that's the boy. Left thumb's the girl. Boy's always on top. That's right. And so, you know, and, and it kind of reinforces and it makes people remember, okay, I need, I need to put my thumbs on the same side of the gun. And so, you know, little things like that help. And before we start shooting, I make sure everyone's standing properly. I check your stance. I check your hand grip. I adjust your hand grip if you're wrong. I tell you what to look for as far as that front sight and that rear sight. Shooting is a very easy concept. But if you don't know, you don't, you don't receive any instructions when it comes to that, then it's not. You can actually hurt yourself or hurt someone else. And you're not going to hurt anyone if you load the ammunition in the magazine backwards. Do you know that every single class, at least once a week, I fail a student? Think about that. The Lice Carry Handgun Program is a very, it's an easy program. It's an easy class. But we, I at least fail one student every single class because, you know, we have those issues at the range. And you, you have to understand this. Come to the gun range with me and see what we see. You know, see the things that people do. Or something? <laughs> you will be shocked and surprised at what people do, uh, whether they, they're turning to their left or turning to the right. Um, just little things that people do. No, stay, stay facing the target. Don't turn to your left. Don't turn to the right. Don't point the gun above the target. Don't point the gun to the ground. You know, guns always facing the target at all times. You know? And so little things like that we have to reinforce and remind people. And don't point the gun at your foot. You know, a lot of people want to look at the target once they fired that first shot. And what do they do? They point the gun at their foot. So, you know, these are things that we have to tell people and reinforce to people, reinforce this because they don't realize they have these very bad habits. And it happens in every single class. So if you're that type of person, you're telling someone you don't need to take your Texas lights carry handgun, you're going to get someone hurt. You can get them hurt or get someone else hurt. It's good to take a class. This is a big responsibility because you're talking about carrying a gun. And then this week, I had someone give me a call. They said, Mike, you know what? I have a gun charge, and um, I'm going to need an attorney. You know, I said, let me just put this out there. Hey, by the way, did you take a license to carry handgun course? They, he said, no. I said, oh, okay, so you didn't take a class. You started carrying a gun, and now you're looking at a gun charge. He said, I said, well, what do you want me to do for you? He says, well, can you help me with an attorney? I said, well, well call Texas and U.S. Law Shield. You know, that's all I can tell you because I'm not an attorney. I cannot give you legal advice. And he called them, and he called me back and said, okay, well, I called them, and they referred me to an attorney. It's going to cost me a lot of money. Well, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot of money. One, you should have taken the class. Two, you should have got Texas U.S. Law Shield, so that way you have a legal program. Don't be that person that defends themselves, which you have a right to do. And all of a sudden, you're looking at $20,000 in expenses because guess what? You defended yourself. You had a right to. Now who's going to defend you and protect you and make sure you don't have to pay too much to defend yourself? You didn't take a class. You, get, you didn't get Texas U.S. Law Shield. Now it's going to cost you. So we're talking to Richard Hayes. He's a principal attorney, one of the attorneys for Texas U.S. Law Shield. And we're talking about Texas constitutional carry versus license carry. So, Richard, you know, we're, I want to get into 4603. Before I do that, I think Zach has a question for you. Yeah, Richard, I have a question. So uh, as the law stands, it's my understanding that 
a license holder, if you are pulled over or stopped by the police, you are required to inform them if you have firearms in your vehicle. And that is not the case if you do not have a license. If you do not have a license, you are not legally required to inform them that you have a firearm in the vehicle. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so currently under the government code, you know, chapter, uh, subchapter H or 411, it's one of those extra duties imposed on license holders uh, as part of getting the Texas license to carry a handgun. And that is any time that a peace officer, you know, demands your identification, you know, let's say you're speeding. You know, that's probably the most common scenario. Uh, at the same time, you're supposed to produce your license to carry a handgun. And so the requirement really is, is that you provide the license to carry, you know, that you provide the physical card itself. But I'll tell you, every police officer's first question follow up is, where's the handgun? And so, yes, that that's a it's a an extra burden placed on license holders. There's not a penalty for failing to comply, but there's no reason not to comply, because what happens is, you know, peace officers, in my experience, they like license to carry holders. We are a law abiding demographic. We commit crime at a rate of one fifth of, you know, their brothers in blue. And so they like us. And when they see that license to carry, it's an instant background check. It's an instant good guy check. And but I'll tell you, if you don't do it, when they just take your driver's license back to your their car, apart from not knowing how the rest of the transaction is going to go through, uh, when they run your driver's license, they're going to see you're a license to carry holder. So there's no there's no benefit to concealing it as a license holder. But you're exactly right. Uh, for non-license holders, there's not going to be there's not that same requirement, um, and it's going to be an interesting dance and to see what is going to be considered the best practice when interacting with law enforcement. I typically tell people, um, don't disclose the location of a, of a handgun if it's not coming up or if a weapon, if you have a weapon in your car. If it's not relevant to the discussion, I, I wouldn't just, you know, hey, do you know why I pulled you over? I got a gun in the car. I, I don't know that I would advise people to do that. Um, and, but there may be a scenario where it's to your benefit. You know, you don't want people to get hurt. Um, you want the police officers to feel at ease and not uh, feel threatened by your, you know, it's very they can become violent very quickly, and we want to make sure that everyone is, is stay, stays peaceful. Mm -hmm. And if you do have your license but you don't have a firearm, are you still required to show them your license? No. That's an, another interesting question. You're not actually required to provide your license to carry at that point. But, again, I still think best practice is to provide it. Yeah, that's smart. All right, so Richard, I want to get into uh, the prohibited places. But before that, I want to ask you, you know, what happens if – I'm a prohibited person. I'm a prohibited person, and I carry on a Texas constitutional carry law. What What's going to happen with that? So depending on what type of prohibited person you are, there could be some very serious, you know, felonious consequences. If you're a felon and you're carrying a handgun out in public, um, not only – I mean, in Texas, we have double criminalized uh, firearms crimes for, for prohibited people for our list in uh, – the people listed in Texas Penal Code 4604. So felons, a possession of a firearm in public generally is a crime, okay? Uh, this, and when it comes September 1st, they even take it a step further. So possession would be a crime. Let's say you had felon carrying a concealed in car. That's going to be a crime, um, and that's a crime now. But let's say they're carrying it in public. They're going to get hit with a carrying crime. So we have a possession crime and then a carrying crime, and they can get hit with both of them. Mm. So if you're a felon, for example, you could get hit with – a second-degree felony, up two to 20 years in prison, uh, with a mandatory minimum of five years is what they wrote into the law. So, I mean, it's a very, very harsh penalty uh, for, you know, P 
people have been convicted of assault family violence, it would be class A misdemeanor. But again, they get that double pop, the possession crime and then the carrying crime. Or people under protective orders, they get that double pop. Uh, they get charged with the possession, they get charged with carrying. So those would be misdemeanors. Uh, it are the, the possession would be misdemeanors, the carrying, you know, serious felony. So um, if you're a prohibited person, and then we go to our big long laundry list, you know, when you're filling out your ATF form 4473, if you would be prohibited from purchasing a firearm uh, for, from an FFL, um, you could be committing a bunch of crimes under federal law. So uh, absent, absent being a prohibited person, though, uh, generally, if you meet the qualifications of, of Texas constitutional carry, not a prohibited person over 21, don't have to be a resident of the state of Texas. Um, if you've never been in trouble before in your life, that's a good indication you would probably be a great candidate for Texas constitutional carry. Ooh, okay. And then looking at the 4603, the prohibited places, I want to talk about that a little bit. So now everything's going to be put in 46.03. So they're going to take 46.03.5, and that's going to be placed in 46.03, and it's all going to be prohibited places. So what was 46.035? is not part of 4603. want to make sure that's clear. So with that, uh, Richard, how is that going to look come September the 1st? Yeah, so, and if anyone has looked at 4603 and 46035 lately, I mean, it is a, uh, a hodgepodge of, of locations and what items are, you know, it could be a location-restricted knife, could be a handgun, could be a firearm. It's kind of a, a big scattershot. Uh, but come September 1st, what they do is they treat all weapons the same. So firearms, handguns, location-restricted knives, clubs, uh, other prohibited weapons, they're all treated the same now under 4603. And so we have our list, and it's, it's a familiar list to licensed to carry holders. The big ones, I mean, to be on the lookout for schools, school-sponsored activities, constitutional carriers, absolutely prohibited from carrying in those locations. Um, polling places, places where early voting is taking place, courts, offices utilized by courts, racetracks, now, I mean, that's not NASCAR. That's like dog racing and horse racing, a uh, secured portion of airports. I heard you talking about the, uh, the oopsie-doo, you know, license holders get a benefit there. Constitutional carriers, if you try to carry into the secured portion of an airport or let's say you forget it in your bag and you accidentally walk past security, you're going to get charged with a crime. And then that fine that Michael was talking about, license holders, maybe they just get the fine only, but they would, it's a bar to, to arrest. So um, secured portions of airports. Um, the other one is within a thousand feet of a place of execution on a day that an execution scheduled. I don't know that you're going to know where that is unless you really have your ear to the ground about uh, who's going to be executed. Our bars are 51% locations, our professional sporting events, uh, correctional facilities, our jails, civil commitment facilities, hospitals, nursing homes, mental hospitals, amusement parks, and then open meetings. So we have 14 places that your people, that, that everyone needs to be aware of. All right, Richard, we come back. I want to get into the alcohol portion. I want to talk more about what's on 46035 now and how it's going to relate to what's going to happen on September 1st. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Man, speaking of, like, Afghanistan and places like that, man, we we literally gave away a lot of weapons, Zach. You know, a lot of weapons and, and munitions to the Taliban. I can't even fathom 
how much this how, actually is. Give me the list. Give me the rundown. Numbers. Give me the rundown. How many weapons and ammunitions did we give away to oh, the geez. Taliban? Let's uh, not even start with the Humvees, MRAPs, um, M1117s, the trucks, radios, night vision goggles, mm. uh, trucks and SUVs. If we're just talking about basically the fully automatic rifles, right. not even including the heavy machine guns. Mm. So like uh, an M16, fully automatic, uh, the fully automatic military version of the AR-15. Mm-hmm. M4 which, or whatever. Yeah, just to uh, put it in perspective. How many? You can buy one, and if you get one that's had 100,000 rounds through it, you can buy it for about $20,000 Wow. here in America. Right. With the 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 tax stamp. Right. But we gave to the Taliban 358,530 of these rifles. 358,000. Mm-hmm. Woo! And then the SAW, which is the squad, uh, what is it, automatic weapon? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The heavy machine gun. We gave them 64,363 of those. 64,000. Uh-huh. That's what we're talking about. And pistols, we Your gave him 120. Was a bad dude. <laughs> we gave him 126,295 pistols. Wow. That's all going to be used against our soldiers. Uh-huh. Wow. And civilians that they've unarmed. They disarmed the population. Yep. Only the Taliban can have it. That militia. You know, remember that militia they were talking about? The ones that, you know, you, you know, you and by the way, the militia is not the military. You got to look at our constitution, you got to look at the history and and go back uh, through that time frame and look at the wording and how everything was done, the militia, you know, just, you know, you, you know, Bob, John Smith, you know, down the street, you know, got together and defended, you know, uh, uh, the state, the city, whatever, uh, defended the country, you know, the militia, guess what? They, he, he said, you know, Joe Biden said, Hey, you know what? You, know what? you, you, you may have an AR 15, you may have an AK 47, but you, you know, you can't fight a military. Well, we found this out. That's not Give true. Give me a little break here. <laughs> That's not true at all. You know, because that, that AR-15, that M4, that uh, AK-47, guess what? And with that, they were able to take over an entire country in five days. And they got how many? One more time. How many? Oh, geez. What was it? Over a quarter million fully automatic rifles. Quarter of a No, sorry. 358,000. A third of a million more. Insane. Crazy. All right, so we're talking to Richard Hayes with Texas U.S. Law Show. We're talking about Texas constitutional carry versus license carry. And our call-in number, if you have some questions for Richard, our call-in number is 512-643-5483. That call-in number is 512-643-5483-LIVE. It's it's 512-643-LIVE. Once again, 512-643-5483. Come and talk it. You know, ask some questions. You ask the attorney. Don't ask me. Ask the lawyer. Get some legal advice there. I can't give you legal advice. Can't do that. All right, so we're talking with, you know, Richard Hayes about Texas constitutional carry versus license carry. We're talking about the prohibited places, you know, but I want to look in what was 46035, look in that section there, Richard, and talk about, um, like, for instance, it, for, for example, uh, sporting events. So... Under the Texas constitutional carry law, you know, how does how does sporting events fitting this? So the way that I think about this is they have moved they have moved some locations from 46035, those places that only apply to license holders, and they've moved them to this master list of 
places that apply to everyone. And the reason that they did that was because a person without a license or permit to carry uh, that wasn't recognized, they couldn't generally carry in public. So our original 4603 list wasn't very extensive because an unlicensed person couldn't carry in public generally, so they'd be committing a crime regardless. Um, and so whenever we took the places from 46, or when, when we started allowing people to carry generally in public back in 1995 with the CHL, well, then they said, all right, well, we need to have some, we're going to have people carrying out generally in public. We need to have some additional places that are off limits. And that's that's where we get locations like that, uh, where, you know, professional sporting events are, or, you know, think about a collegiate sporting event. That's a, a, a good example where, you know, today, a license to carry holder could carry concealed into a collegiate sporting event uh, because you know, unless they have posted effective 30 out six signs and and I, I haven't seen those at those locations but um, come September 1st we've moved all these things and made it apply to everybody um, so that list that is familiar to license holders is should be familiar everybody should be familiar with these locations now so go to 4603 go down the list of the 14 places and just be crystal clear about where you can and cannot carry. Uh, the thing that I'll add to that, though, is on top of the list of prohibited places, we have two ways to exclude people here in Texas. One, we have these prohibited places, which are off limits. Okay, those places are off limits all the time, and there's exceptions. There's exceptions to every rule. But then we have trespass law in Texas. So in Texas, you can, as a property owner, you can always exclude any person for any legal reason. You know, I don't. You know, you have a bad attitude. Get out of my gas station. You know that. That's a trespass. You're telling somebody who's that they're not allowed to hang out here anymore. And so on top of our list of prohibited places, something that constitutional carriers need to familiarize themselves with is our trespass law. For license holders, it's been very simple for us. We have really clear, defined boundaries that we have to operate in. License holders only have to really look for three types of signs at the end of the day. 30 out six, hey, you can't conceal carry. 30 out seven, hey, you can't open carry here and 51% signs. That's indicating that this place is a bar and that it, it's a prohibited place. Come September 1st, you know, to exclude constitutional carriers, it is a completely different standard. It's a standard of reasonably likely to come to the attention of the person entering the building. So what does that mean? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. So if you see no gun signs, you see no firearm signs, no weapon signs, you see gun busters, those may be effective notice for constitutional carriers. Now that doesn't apply to license holders. License holders, all you need to focus on is those 30 out six and 30 out seven signs to get excluded. But constitutional carriers, you gotta keep your head on a swivel uh, because you gotta look for these trespass notices. And one other, you know, that third sign I talked about, that 51% sign. License holders, we currently have a defense to prosecution. Let's say I carry into a bar right now, license holder. And I don't see their sign, they have it posted behind the bar or in a corner, someplace I can't see it. You know, current Texas law is I have a defense because they didn't effectively post the sign. Um, that gets a little more protection come September 1st. It becomes what's called a non-applicability. Uh, but that same defense does not apply to constitutional carriers. You have to be a mind reader, constitutional carriers. You have to know what places are bars, what places are not bars. So um, be on the lookout, learn the list of prohibited places, but also be aware of signage. All right, so, so Richard, let me ask you this. What if, and, and they're going to create a new sign. They're going to create a 30.05 sign for Texas constitutional carry. You cannot carry in those places. And like you said, they're going to create that 46.03 sign as well. You know, And mm. license holders have to see the 46.03 sign. Everyone's got to see the 46.03 sign if they create that. And you should already know the 46.03, the places that you cannot carry. You know. Yeah, the 
what I'll add about the 4603 sign, it's a bizarre, it's one of the most, uh, it's another bizarre aspect of the law. Um, so the 4603 signs, you know, we have our list of prohibited places, 4603. You're going to start seeing these 4603 signs and what they mean, uh, the place, regardless of whether they post a sign, that place is off limits. The sign has the effect, though, of removing a possible defense to prosecution. So let me put it in plain English. No, I won't put it in lawyer terms. You know, I go up to, to you know, Montgomery County, and I'm going into, um, I'm meeting with a police officer, and we're meeting at a, you know, a temporary building. And if I walk in and then, holy smokes, I notice it's a court, and if I were, happen to be carrying at that time, I will have just committed a, a felony for carrying into a prohibited place. That is the current law. Uh, current law is it's completely statutory. You carried in the prohibited location or you didn't carry in the prohibited location. And so um, it's it's very uh, not it's very unforgiving, current Texas law. Come September 1st, though, uh, these prohibited places, you license holders, you and, and constitutional carriers, you may have a defense to prosecution if you didn't know the place was prohibited. Um, and if they one of the ways that they provide that notice, they tell you another way, though, is if they post this 4603 sign, okay, that removes the defense. You don't get an accidental, I just carried into a courtroom in, in the middle of nowhere in Cut and Shoot, Texas. You don't get that defense if they clearly, if they effectively post that 4603 sign, that lets you know, hey, this place is off limits. So it makes sense that you wouldn't get the, uh, you know, I made a mistake defense. So the 4603 sign doesn't make the place off limits. The place is always off limits, but the sign affects, you know, if you make a mistake. So be on the lookout for those signs as well. All right. So and then also, Richard, I want to talk about the, you know, 36.05 sign, uh, 30. I'm um, sorry. 30.05 sign. Sorry about that. And 30.06 sign, 30.07 sign. If all three signs are posted, that means that constitutional care people cannot carry and also license holders cannot carry. But Richard, when we come back from the break. I'm going to ask you, what if they post a 30.06 sign? Um, or let's say, eh, let's say they post a 30.07 sign, a 30.07 sign and put a gun on it with a line drawn through it. How does that affect constitutional carry if it does? And how does that affect license holders? When we come back from the break. We're going to talk about that because you guys are going to be surprised at what you're going to hear about this. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. We're talking to Richard D. Hayes II. He's a principal attorney with Texas U.S. Law Shield. He's a former senior felony prosecutor with extensive criminal trial experience. Richard has worked with distinguished law enforcement agencies, including the Galveston County Criminal District Attorney's Office, U.S. Attorney's Office, and the Montgomery County District Attorney's Office. Uh, Richard is also known in the firearms and Second Amendment community as a Texas gun and weapons law authority. To that end, Richard regularly travels around the state and country and represents on self-defense, weapons, law, and the legal aftermath following a defensive incident. So we're talking to Rick, with uh, Richard here, and I want to talk about um, the 30.06, 30.07, and 30.05 
sign. So, Richard, if I'm carrying under Texas constitutional carry law and I walk into a business and I see a 30.07 sign with a gun on it, with a line drawn through it, how does that affect me as a person who's carrying a Texas constitutional carry without a permit? Ooh, they, it, I mean, it's a very good question, and it's going to get answered in the courts. So as your listeners know, the 30.07 signs, those apply to license holders only, typically. You know, if we're, if we're just following the statute and the statutory language, but where you throw a monkey wrench in the situation is that graphical gun buster. So if they only had the 30.07 sign, what we would typically say is license holders, you can't open carry there, but constitutional carriers and license holders, you could conceal carry there. However, uh, with the placement of the gun buster sign, does that, uh, the issue becomes, is that reasonably likely to put a constitutional carrier on notice that they couldn't carry in that location? And the only person who can answer that is a jury of six people. And I'm sure we're going to see these cases come up. Um, you know, and it's kind of like the problem we saw when 30-odd, you know, an open carry passed back in 2015, where some Russia, you know, places just had their 30-odd six signs left up. And so people said, okay, well, I'll open carry then. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a learning curve for businesses to figure out if, you know, if they want to exclude everyone, uh, the best practice would be to post all three signs, a 30-odd five, regular trespass sign, 30-odd six, and 30-odd seven sign. Uh, but it's a really interesting question that I think only time will tell us. Yeah, and what I'm seeing, Richard, is uh, I'm seeing people, they're losing their window space uh, because of all the, you know, the gun signs, the COVID-19 signs, you know. Uh, they want to put up, you know, you can't wear a mask, you have to wear a mask, COVID, this, and all that good kind of stuff. They're, I'm, I, what I'm seeing people do is post a 30.05 sign and a 30.07 sign is what I'm starting to see, which means that, People carrying a Texas constitutional carry or permitlessly without a permit cannot carry, and license holders cannot openly carry their handgun. So, yeah, that I mean that's an interesting development. The other sign that we haven't mentioned yet that we got to talk about is the TABC blue signs, because those are those are the ones that you see at places that have a beer uh, license or a liquor permit, but maybe they don't sell it for consumption on premises. So our gas stations, our package stores, our grocery stores, you know, they sell beer and wine. Um, and so they have to exclude unlicensed carrying. That's the current law. Come September 1st, TABC blue signs are repealed. And so those signs have no legal effect. And what we're going to say, I mean, we're going to see these signs around for decades, just getting sun damage sitting in windows. But that's something that uh, constitutional carriers, LTC holders alike need to be aware of, that those signs are going away. So starting September the 1st, you won't need a license to carry into a restaurant, gas station, grocery store, liquor store, because those blue signs are going to go away unless they post a 30.05, 30.06, or 30.07 sign. Uh, exactly right. Now, can those places like, um, like let's say the liquor store, can they post a 4603? They can, but it doesn't have any legal effect. Uh, that's a really interesting question. What if we have a place that, you know, they, they want to adopt this 4603 sign? That's our prohibited places sign. Um would that serve as notice? I don't know. That's another good one. But, you know, that remember, that sign doesn't make the place prohibited. That just removes the availability of a defense to prosecution. And so um, if a business wanted to post a 4603 sign, I mean, would a jury think that that's enough notice to exclude people? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but it's an interesting it's an interesting question. OK. Now, what about um, let's see. What about the 51 percent? Can they post a 4603 sign? 
So they can. They can post that if they want to. And so talking about our list of prohibited places, our places in 4603, if they have their 51% sign effectively posted, then that place is prohibited to license holders, regardless of whether they post the red you know, 51% sign, it's off limits to constitutional carriers. But if they go a step further and include that 4603 sign, you know, if a person accidentally carried in there, they would have no defense. They would have no defense available to them. They'd be treated like the law treats them today. Uh, but yeah, if they post that extra sign, I mean, they're going the extra mile saying, this place is really prohibited. Um, and so there shouldn't be any excuses for carrying here, and the law will treat them that way. They'll, they won't give them a defense. All right. Now, what about uh, – let's talk churches for a second, you know, because I believe in praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. So tell me, you know, Richard, starting September the 1st, what's going to change for our churches? You know, can I carry inside of a church under the Const- Texas Constitutional Care Law without a permit? You know, can I take a sword inside of a church? What's going to change on September the 1st? Yeah, so this is part of our weapons simplification and treating everything the same. Uh, so yes, come September 1st, it, you wouldn't need a license or permit to carry into a house of religious worship. We know last legislative session and, and prior legislative sessions, they've slowly been uh, cleaning up the locks. It was very confusing for a period of time. Uh, that churches at some point were both a prohibited place and it would be considering trespass if they posted effective notice. So. Uh, houses of religious worship have been completely removed from the list in the reconciliation of Texas Penal Code 4603. So, you know, and that, that goes towards knife rights. If a uh, location-restricted knife, a knife that has a blade length greater than five and a half inches from tip to guard, so those are regulated under Texas law as location-restricted. So our prohibited places, you can't take a location-restricted knife into. As part of, you know, the Texas constitutional carry, that got removed because we have removed houses of religious worship. And so um, knife rights actually expanded this legislative session as well. So I, so can I carry inside of a church without a license? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You could carry inside of a church without a license and you could carry your sword. And you can carry a sword. Okay. Now let's talk about educational institutions. Let's talk about colleges and universities. All right. So, you know, how is that going to look come September the 1st? And under the Texas Constitutional Carry Law, how far can I go on a public institution like University of Texas, Texas State, Texas A&M? Public. So, so to, to kind of give a little background, license holders, current law, things will not change for license holders and people carrying under the authority of their license to carry. So campuses, grounds, sidewalks, areas around college campuses, you and including buildings. So... Uh, talking about your your universities, your license holder can generally enter the premises of a building so long as they haven't posted effective 30-odd-6 notice. And I, they don't need to post 30-odd-7 notice, and this confuses a lot of new gun owners, uh, new license holders, because open carry is not allowed on college campuses for license holders, and so they only are required to post that one 30-odd-6 notice to exclude license holders. Now, come September 1st, a whole can of worms is getting opened because the way that the, you know, when they merged 4603 with 46035 with 4603, they carried the language over identically. And so it, 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 there's a little going to be some ambiguity here. I think this is going to, you know, be a, a, a place where litigation occurs because it says a person carrying under the authority of their license to carry can't open carry. Uh, but it doesn't speak to unlicensed carry. So the buildings, I, what we know for certain, is that the buildings are going to be off limits to constitutional carriers. Where the ambiguity is, is open carry and concealed carry on the areas around the buildings for constitutional carriers. And I don't think that it's a clear answer 
But on, based on my reading of the law, it appears that constitutional carriers would have more rights carrying in the areas around college campuses than license holders. All right. And so, Richard, tell me what, what's, what's the bad side of having a license to carry a handgun when uh, comes September 1st? What are some of the negatives? Well, I, the one that I've heard from people, I mean, there are there, the list is very close to zero. I mean, I'm encouraging everyone to get a license to carry. You have so many more rights as a license holder. There's places you can carry that other people can't carry, those fast uh, fast lane for firearms transactions that Mike talked about, that you get those accidents in airports. The list goes on and on. Uh, but the one complaint I did hear from people is, uh, what if I see a business that's posted 30-odd-6 and 30-odd-7 signs, uh, but they haven't posted anything else? Um, do constitutional carriers have more rights than me? Can they carry in that location? Am I, you know, you know, left here twiddling my thumbs? Um, and the answer is, <laughs> I mean, technically yes, but there is probably a solution. You just leave your license to carry in the car um, and then carry under the authority of Texas constitutional carry. Because at that point, you uh, would be complying with the law. But the list of reasons to get a license to carry is innumerable. Uh, the cons of having a license to carry, I mean, it's, it is, I mean, virtually zero. All right, so that is Richard Hayes II with Texas U.S. Law Shield. We just broke it down for you. We told you it's good to have a license. You're going to travel in other states. You want to be in the school zone. You want to buy a gun. You're 18, 19, 20 years old in the military. It's good. Uh, you got to have a license to, you know, to carry a handgun. If you're a school district employee, it's good to have a license. You're on private property. More notice is required. Uh, so it's good to have a license for private property. Uh, airports, you get the oopsie at the airport. And also, come September the 1st, you have a license to carry a handgun. You're carrying a handgun. It goes to point zero eight for license holders. Texas constitutional carry zero is the limit. So we broke it down for you. Uh, get your license to carry a handgun. If you don't want to get a license, at least take a class. Learn the, where you can, where you cannot take a handgun. Go to class and learn about use of force and daily force because this entire hour and a half, we have not talked about use of force and daily force. When can you shoot someone? It's 830 in the morning. I'm at the gas station pumping, getting gas. Can I shoot someone who jumps in my vehicle and drive off? I'm by myself. Ooh, come to class. Ask those questions. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You will listen to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 